What's happening? This is the Tap In Podcast. We are live inside of the Tap In studio. It's your boy Dante, a.k.a. Jerome Rogan. And we got another special, special, special guest in the building with us, man. Um, I, I want I want her to introduce herself, but y'all, Jones Monroe is in the building. How you doing, ma'am? Man, I'm doing so good. I appreciate you, brother. Yeah, man. So... Jones Monroe, I've been I've been doing a lot of research on you. Right. I know you got the video Black out, right? Mm-hmm. What inspired that that song Black? Oh man, um, so like I was just kicking it one day. I was leaving an appointment, and then I ran into this this little girl, mm. and she walked up to me, and I was dressed up. I was in my artist mode, doing my own thing, and she walked up to me, and she was like oh, wow, you're pretty. And I was like, oh, you're pretty too. But then she didn't accept the compliment. And you could tell that she didn't think that she was pretty. And I was like, what's wrong? And she was like, I can never like be like this or whatever. And she really meant this. And we're just kicking it, having a cool conversation. She was maybe, maybe like eight or nine. Okay. And then I realized that, you know, we really needed like a black anthem and a black song that like helped, that still you could like bop to and like, you know, jam out to that helped encourage like our black youth to know that they're beautiful. And so that's why like the main hook in the tagline of the song is shine brighter cause you're black. Mm. And so it, it's just like, shout out to her. Um, I won't put her, you know, put her name out there and all of that for that. But she, she really helped encourage the movement of that. And then after watching all everything that happened with George Floyd, you know, I had stopped really doing music for a while and I was just mm. sitting on it. Um, I used to be an opera singer. Really? Yeah. What? <laughs> you know you gotta have to give us some of that opera. Okay. Okay. At some yeah, at some point in this interview I wanna I wanna hear the opera, okay? <laughs> for sure, for sure. But uh yeah, I was an opera singer and I was just I mean, I have a whole story, but I won't get into it too much. But getting back to like what you said, but I was sitting on it and then the George Floyd thing happened and it really bothered my soul. Mm. And it helped me really realize that, you know, racism and discrimination and just all of that We've gotten past certain points of that, but we haven't like finished pushing the fact that we're beautiful mm-hmm. and we really needed that. So after seeing, you know, Judas and Black Messiah and just I am a revolutionary and all the other stuff, I wound up coming up with Black. Mm, OK. And you, you write all your own music? Yeah, for sure. For sure. OK. All right. So let's let's kind of let's back up a little bit because you, you touched on a little bit. Now, where are you originally from? You originally from Dallas? No, I'm from Turl, Texas. Are you serious? <laughs> Godly, okay, Turl. Now, what is Turl like? What is Turl like when you was growing up there? Oh wow, Turl is um, Turl. First off, I, I, I love Turl because I'm I'm from there, but it is country as shit. Really? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, when I was growing up, we still had this store called Hutchinson's, and you could get your groceries on credit. Like you could run a tab there and you know it was a real country we didn't even have a walmart then they like build a walmart and then you know now they have bucky's oh uh, okay which is you know bucky's shit it's a shit yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's a deer jerky okay yeah <laughs> and so when did you move out of Terrell? when did you leave Terrell? um i left Terrell when i was 16 I graduated then, and then um, my grandmother raised me in East Texas. Okay. Um, rest in peace, Fanny. But um, she raised me. She raised me in East Texas, and then I left and started, you know, singing classical music and opera music. And then she was diagnosed with a terminal illness, so I actually wound up moving back, going to school, learning how to do her hemodialysis, and then I like really kind of stopped doing the music. Like from like pursuing the artistry part of things, but yeah, that's I moved out of Turl then after that maybe ten twelve years ago. Oh dang! Okay, man. So was Grandma the one who got you into opera, or does yeah. know, got you into singing? Yeah. Was Grandma an opera singer, or what made Grandma get into opera? Do you know? No, she was like. I love my grandma. So, like, even, like, my name or whatever is inspired by that. Because my grandma literally was, like, the black Marilyn Monroe. Mm, okay. In what sense? She was sexy, but you couldn't fuck with her. Mm. And, like, she she was just respectful, and everyone loved her. and But she kept to herself. Um, she grew up in East Texas, but then moved 
out to um, Philly and like raised all my like family and stuff out there and then moved back. And then that's when, you know, I moved in with her, whatever, um, grew up there. But yeah, she just, mm, that, that literally that's the epitome of a woman right there. Really? Yeah. And she, she believed in arts and culture and all of that. So like for my birthdays and shit, she would buy me encyclopedias and dictionaries and had me do the whole black debutante thing and um, press like education, piano. I'm also a classical pianist. And so, like, I, she just pushed the arts, and I'm so I'll forever be grateful for it. You know, growing up, I didn't really like it then, like every other little kid. And I'm like, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> but you know, I'm forever grateful for that. Okay. And did um, like, did you go to like a performing arts school or high school? How did you graduate at 16? No, she she pushed education. So I went to Terrell, like the regular school, but then I transferred to a college for AP, like Christian Academy there. Mm-hmm. So I wound up going to uh, Terrell Christian Academy when I was in East Texas and then just took a lot of college stuff and all that and just graduated early. Oh, dang. Okay. And then you, you left and then you came back to mm-hmm. take care of grandma. I did. Where did you go when you left? You came to Dallas or? Yeah, I went to Dallas. Okay. Um, but then my mom had uh, stopped traveling as much. And so then, and she actually wound up going into retirement too to help with that. So like we were like full hands on with that. Oh, okay. Okay. Man. And so now you back into doing your music. Man, I'm so excited. Well, yeah. So between, right after my, you know, when grandmother passed, I built an artist development company. Okay. And so um, it's partnered with the majority of like different labels. I go in and we work with artists. Um, I opened up a building next to the gallery here in Dallas about five years ago. Okay. And then um, I really stopped doing music for myself, you know, doing music on the business end of things. Like I take artists like to the Grammys each year. Like we do some like big moves. But then I had a client stand me up for a session. Mm. Just one night, literally stand me up for a session. And shout out to Nagaris Johnson um, over at Media Tech here in Dallas. He was like, where are your music at? And I was like, I don't know music. Because <laughs> I was like, I don't, I don't do that. But then I didn't. Re- I had been like just kind of shaken because of COVID and just political things and just everything going on in the world. And I was like, okay, well, I'll get in there. And so every single song that came out of me literally came out maybe in like eight to ten minutes. And then I was like, okay, I'm gonna do a project. Like, I'm gonna do a project, I'm gonna do an EP, I'm gonna do an album, and I'm gonna go for this, like, because I feel like I have a message. Mm, okay, okay. And what's the EP called? Did you ever get it finished? Yeah, it's already done, it's called Soul Cry. Okay. Are you pouring your soul out into the in every song? Listen. <laughs> <laughs> is that what Soul Cry is about? Yes. What 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 other songs besides Black is on there that you like? Y'all need to hear this one. Oh man, my next two singles that are coming out still this year are I feel like are incredible. Um, I did some collaboration with some dope musicians on them, and I'm actually singing on these records. Um, I have Backbone, which is my next single, and then uh, that drops in uh, late October. Uh, my remix to Black, uh, featuring Seven the Great, is dropping this month on the 22nd. Okay. And then I have one more song that is my favorite song off the EP called Straight Home to You. Okay. Which is about my grandma. Okay. But everyone, every time someone hears it, they cry. So that makes me happy. Okay. I was about to say I want to hear it, but I don't feel like crying today. Hey. <laughs> I don't feel like crying today. It's Saturday. We don't have fun. Yeah. We're just going to turn up today. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And so somebody pushed you or somebody made you aware that you need to get back into doing the music. You did your EP. Um, and I always ask everybody, every artist that come on this on this platform, would you rather stay independent or would you want to sign with a label? Okay, so I would actually want to sign with a label. Why? Because being with the artist development company and working in teams right now, it really takes a village to like truly grow. And if I feel like, at least for me, I feel like my message about black empowerment and about loving yourself and and being yourself and being true to yourself and having fun and living life because we only got one. I feel like um, 
I want that message spread around. Like there's so much bad shit going on in the world that we need just good, feel good music with like with everybody on the record's intention of just making us happy. And I need, I want a larger team so I can touch more people. Do you think the, um, those record labels will get behind that kind of music though? For sure, for sure. I feel like as long as it's catchy, you know, like, and I feel like a lot of my records are like real catchy. Cause I've, I've dabbled in the pop world for, you know, a minute with artists and stuff. And so I, I totally think so. Okay. Cause sometimes I'll be feeling like the, the shoot 'em up, bang, bang, bitches and hoes. And <laughs> sometimes I feel like, you know, it is more that that's out there because that's what's selling. That's what people gravitate to, you know what I mean? And some of the other positive um, rappers like uh, uh, Talib Kweli, Common, mm-hmm. um, who else? Uh, Yasin Bey, uh, which is most deaf. Some some of them, they, they're on that same wave, mm-hmm. but they're not as big as a, let's say, a NBA young boy or, sure. you know what I mean? Yeah. So sometimes we feel like, do those record labels, would, would they really get behind those kind of music or that, that kind of artist? And sometimes I be feeling like, yeah, nah. Because <laughs> if it ain't selling, them motherfuckers ain't. True. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, it is a business. Mm-hmm. And so they want they want to make their money back. Damn. And so if it ain't going to make no money, they be like, fuck it. I feel that. I you know what I mean? So and let me let me ask you this question. That, that you got a artist development company, right? Something that was in the news not too long ago was Karen Silva. Mm-hmm. And about her taking $50,000 or $60,000, whatever it was, from uh, Jordan Lucas. Mm-hmm. And I was asking somebody else on this, um, do they think, it was an artist that came in here. I was asking them, do they feel like um, Karen, Karen should get that money back? And I want to know what your opinion is. What's your opinion on the whole situation? See, I need to know like so many more details before I, I get that What you need to know. I, I think I can fill it in. I need to know the inner workings of the relationship with the artist and like how much background that they spent behind it. Cause sometimes like being like working with artists, sometimes there's development that needs to happen. That's more so like emotional and character and the ways of industry. And I feel like that has to happen by experience. Okay. And like actually doing it. And if if there is like not too much like trust or just maybe the artist doesn't understand like just common like respect to it, then like I've heard people before say, What price is it worth all these like extra hours, all this extra time, all this extra commitment, all this development that you actually wouldn't be here if I hadn't done this. But at the same time, I really believe in trying to do the client right. And so I would just need to know like that. So let me let me give you a little synopsis okay. of what I know that happened. Okay. So Jordan Lucas was already popping. He was from Boston. He was already kind of moving in Boston, getting a little radio in Boston. Um, but he's having popped, like really popped. And so he had a homeboy that was like, um, I know Karen Civil. I'm gonna put you in touch with her. She can get you more um notoriety or get you on interviews or get you in a room with different record labels and stuff and at that point they had invested they I think he said like four or five hundred thousand um just to get it where it was and he had an investor and they was like you know this sixty thousand that we're gonna put into Karen Civil we're gonna give it to Karen Civil and Karen is going to get us in the rooms blow our career up right mm-hmm. And they wired the money to Karen. Karen said that she had put gave money to radio for people to put his songs on radio, um, tried to get him different interviews. Jordan Lucas said he never, he was like, I didn't need no fucking radio play. Mm-hmm. He's like, I didn't need that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I wanted you to set up interviews and put me in a room with different people that yeah. I can, you know, They're network really with. Really connect the dots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Karen's Karen's stance is she did what she said she was going to do. Jordan's mm-hmm. stance is we never seen nothing happen. So where the fuck is my 60000 or where did it go? Damn. See, like, <laughs> damn. 
So no. that's that's kind of like a little synopsis of what supposedly have took place. Mm-hmm. And Karen is like, you know what? Listen, I, I, I tried to do what I said I was going to do. It may just wasn't the time. It wasn't the pop. It didn't pop. It did. I tried to get you on interviews and I, I got you on radio. I tried to get you on radio. That's a, okay. See, I'm. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Tell the truth. What you think? As, a, as an artist development um, owner. Yeah, I believe in allocating funds to people who do what they do mm-hmm. and actually do it right. And so I, I'm not really a big proponent in going unless a person has like a team and like has like a strong team like okay this PR and it has a track record so this PR company uh, these executives are connected with these people these are who the albums that they in are these are the regions that they're working this um, you know this PR firm like does these articles these magazines you're gonna get this TV broadcasting so for me like I believe I don't believe in just shelling out money without an actual like true business itinerary like and these are the people these are the connections and all that so I won't touch on giving the money back (laughs) but I don't support like without things being broken down because at the end of the day business is business right and so if he was expecting something and she was expecting something then there has and she reached out to people there has to be a track record of where she reached out to somebody and so like I would be wanting to see that and if I didn't see that I would want my money back oh okay yeah and and um, I think just in business, anytime you're doing any kind of business, I would never pay everything all up front Mm-mm. before I receive my the services. Oh hell I'll give, no! I'll give <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a deposit. You know what yeah. I mean? I'll give you a little bit up front just to get the work and started. And we're gonna pay into this as we see the track record yes. and how we going. And there needs to be a clause out of that. Yeah. In case like each party isn't fulfilling their obligation, maybe the the artist is slacking and not showing up to the interviews. But maybe the person the developer ain't putting them together. So like you know. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. That that's that's my sentiments exactly. For sure. For sure. Yeah. So I want to dive into Jones Monroe. Where did where did the name come from? Is this your name? Where did that name come from? Man, that's who I am now. Like I literally feel like I stepped in this whole ass of the character. But uh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> uh, Jones Monroe to me is just literally like a, a black gangster Marilyn Monroe, and mm. so <laughs> that's like the whole like imagery. Um, that's just that's just everything. Um, but the name came from Jones. Uh, my grandmother married uh, my grandfather. He was this uh, black Italian man, and uh, he was dope. They called him Jonesy, and no one fucked with him. Jonesy. Jonesy. Okay. I okay. mean, like he got he got a whole little track record, but businessman. Mm-hmm. And so um, Jones came from that, and then uh, Monroe. Like I, I love femininity. I love sexuality. Um, after this EP, A Soul Cry, like, I have some, like, really cool, like, sexy songs and things like that. That's, like, a whole nother part of me. Um, and so the whole Monroe part came from that, and it was just a, it was a whole vibe. Okay. All right, because when, when I Googled um, your name on YouTube, trying to look at all your stuff, I seen something come up from, it was called, it was a, a ex-slave. His name was James Monroe Jones. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I wonder, did she get her name from this guy? Because he was an ex-slave that got free and started making pistols. And he was a like a craftsman. And he mm-hmm. was like the best pistol maker. Uh, he started some company. And then people from Canada start reaching out to him, trying to get his guns or buying his it's guns. Crazy. And I was like, I wonder, did she get her name from that? No, but black people are so talented. <laughs> Speak on it, man. Damn. Speak on it. We are so talented. We such a creative, beautiful race. Like, why do you think that is though? What? Because I, I got my own idea of why black people are so like just, just so rich in 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 certain things. Why do you think that is though? I feel like it's our deep connection to spirituality. Okay. Like, I feel like um, I, I consider myself very spiritual, and so no matter what, like your race. I'm not your race, your religion is like ever I had never met a black person that can't like feel something like deep. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and I don't necessarily I, I love all cultures, all races, but I don't see that just dominant in like every other race. Like 
there's a, um, and I wish I could remember it now, but there's a, uh, a tribe in Africa and there is no name for music. It just is kind of like God. Mm. And you just walk through and, and things are coming through songs because, you know, there's that quote and sometimes it can get cliche when, when words fail, music speaks. But it's so true. Like, you can just, like, feel something. I never heard that before. When words fail, music speaks. Yeah. I I never heard that. That's dope. Yeah. 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 I never heard that before. Yeah. For sure. For sure. For sure. But I think it's, I think it's music just, like, in our bones and, and um, creativity and the ability to, to be empaths and feel and just that passion. So even, like... The things that we do, like a lot of things, it comes with passion, whether it's like sports or, or music or creating things or building things or being innovative. You know what I mean? Yeah. My my theory is why black people are, are just so talented. One, I feel like we have a, um, a connection to like some kind of energy or spirit. You know what I mean? Where it, um, Dave Chappelle did this this bit a long time ago, where how how different races um, gravitate to certain instruments, and it was like <laughs> <laughs> it was like for black people it was drums and beats, you yeah. know what I mean, and for white people he had a guitar, <laughs> you know what I mean, and so I think that that baseline, I think all black people walk and just feel. I don't know. It's some kind of it's some kind of connection with mm-hmm. that, and then also when 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 you are a a race where you don't have the resources or mm-hmm. the means to do certain things, yeah. you have to be innovative. To, find a way. Yeah, you have to be innovative to to be able to enjoy life, and mm-hmm. I think that's where that creativity comes from. Mm-hmm. That's where. Cause we want the same things that everybody else want, you yeah, know what I mean? For sure. But we don't. We don't necessarily have the resources. So guess what? If we don't have a basketball court, we'll cut out a crate. We'll put. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> we'll we'll do that. You know what I'm saying? Or we'll like it's certain. It's just certain things that we just have to do. Yeah. Just to like, feel. You know what I mean? Normal. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I feel like that's kind of where that uh, creativity and innovation innovation comes from from black people because yeah it's like we don't have a, we don't have enough resources and 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 things to um because and that i was i was at the mall the other day and i was just people watching and i <laughs> i do sometimes i just go to the mall and just people watch. i love the people watch <laughs> so I'll you on that. and so i'm just i'm watching the white people and like it was like no kind of swag, no kind of. I was just like, do they do they not want to be like have some kind of like freshness or coolness to them, or does, does that not even matter? You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like it's like um, this weird, and I feel like it's slowly breaking. Okay, right, but it's like this, like like I gotta sit like this, like this, this these weird rules that shouldn't apply. And I feel like we just are so much freer as like, you know, like a culture and it, it provides a like swag. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> so I'm just going to be quiet. Man, because listen, no, don't be quiet. Listen, <laughs> I seen this white family. And when I when I tell you they look like the typical American white family, the, the husband had on these short golfer shorts with a little polo shirt. The mom had on like some kind of little dress. The son was all I'm like. This is like this is the typical American looking family. Yeah. And I'm like, do they want to do that? <laughs> or, or or they feel like they have to. Yes. See, yeah. that's what I be talking yeah. about. It's like like be yourself. Like yeah. that's why I love working with artists. Like and so I'll I'll get like artists that come in that like aren't black. And the first thing I'm doing is trying to figure out who they are on the inside. That's the very first mm. thing. Like who are you? And then it's so crazy, maybe like Six months later, they start dressing, talking, and acting different. And then the parents are like, "What'd you do with my my? <laughs> what you do with my kid? What was going on? Yeah, man, that's man. funny. Okay, um, let me see. Um, did you see the uh, the Dave Chappelle documentary? Man, I haven't seen it yet, but I want to watch it so bad. I was watching reading this article that said um, that he like. They're trying to cancel him for being 
like transphobic or something? Have you you heard about that? What I did he did. say? So throughout the whole thing, he's making jokes and because people was calling him transphobic mm. because of his last special. Mm. And so on this special, he's just leaning into it. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> just like, oh, yeah, I'm transphobic. So, you know, I can't do that. I you know what I'm saying? I love him so much. But I watched it last night because I, I wanted to have this conversation with you. And the the basis of what I got from the, the special was um, bisexual, not bisexual, homosexuality stops when it comes to black and white. That's that's pretty much the message I got. And what I mean by that is what um, Dave Chappelle was saying is that gay people, white white gay people, they want, um, I, let me, let me I want, hold on, because I don't want to fuck this up. So what he was saying is uh, he looked up he looked up the definition of the word feminist, right? Mm-hmm. And it says any human being, not a woman, not a man, any human being who wants equal rights for women. Mm. Okay? So he said, by that definition, I am a feminist, okay. right? And so um from there he was like, he made he made some other jokes about, you know. He feel like he, a man should be the the leader of, of the feminist movement, but he was like, even when Susan B. Anthony was making this big old thing about women rights and everything, and uh, Sojourner Truth wanted to join the uh, the feminist movement, they was like, no, sit your black ass down. You're you're not part of this feminist movement, and so he was like, that's the problem he has. Where's like. When it comes to a movement, when it comes to black people mm-hmm. being involved in the movement, the white people kind of kind of shun them out, mm-hmm. like they're not a part of it, and that's the problem he had with it. And um, he did this dope story about this transsexual or transgender—is um, it man or woman? It was a man that turned into a woman, so okay. is that trans woman that he made a friend with her and. Because she stood up for Dave Chappelle, mm. the gay community bashed her like crazy. And I don't want to get a whole special. I want you to watch it. That's crazy. Yeah. And he was talking about like this this uh, transgender woman was his deep, was his dear friend. Mm. And because she because she stood up for Dave Chappelle, they bashed her. Mm. That's 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 what I'm yeah it's a dope special i laughed you know what i mean <laughs> i laughed it wasn't one of his like uh i think with dave Chappelle, his specials are more meaningful versus funny they have some For funny sure. moments in there but his specials are more meaningful and they come with a deeper message yeah they than, be evoking change yeah you know what i mean yeah yeah I, man i wish you would have watched that so we can have a conversation but yeah man that's I wanna, crazy yeah but i feel like you know I see that a lot. Like I have, I have a lot of um, LGBTQ plus friends and um, some friends and clients that are transgender as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I do still see like the whole black and white situation, even when it comes to it. And that's why like we have to like break, finish breaking that change, that chain really, and um, creating that change. And I feel like we're on the precipice of it. We're almost there. We're pushing it. We're still pushing the narrative. Yeah. I feel like we are, but I feel like is is we're far away from mm. from actually getting to that point. Even when they when they was trying to counsel the baby, you know what I mean, mm. for saying somebody like if you don't have AIDS, for something like not just gay people have AIDS, heterosexual people have AIDS as well. But just because he said that, every now he's counseled, mm. and I'm just like ah. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know about that. I don't, I don't know. Oh no, no. Um, I want to let, let's. I want to switch it up a little bit. Hey. About your artist development um, company, how does somebody get a hold of you? Like they say, hey, I want to get into music. Sure. How do I get a hold of you to uh, to become a part of your company or get some artist development? Almost definitely. Um, you can check out our website. It's uh, Pogue. P-O-G-U-E. It's like Vogue, but with the P. Okay. Entertainmentgroup.com. And so um, we have a music school 
as a uh, as one part of our company and then we have an artist development company as well and so essentially we do i do private interviews but if you if a client or an artist if you want to get further along in your career and you want more development or you just want context throughout the industry i work with this dope team in um houston called uh, named ampu music um they worked with like chloe and how like maddie and tay um he used to manage beyonce jake mckim shout out to him but um we have a, a full system so where we can take a record and help grow it and put it in front of people. We just brought in Tony Bracey, who is the head of SB Projects with Scooter Braun. Okay. And he came in and did a seminar with us at MediaTek uh, here two weeks ago, two weekends ago. And he, he flew in, listened to artists, showed us some like analytics, algorithms, because he's pushing Justin Bieber's new song, Ghost, oh, and okay. some things like that. So. I mean, it's some really cool connections. So if an artist, you know, wants to take their career to the next level, if they just go on the website, fill out the little inquiry thing, inquiry form, my assistants, like, we'll get back to them. And then um, once they review their packets or whatever, um, if it's at the level that it should be, I'll, like, take meetings with them and put them in, you know, connect the dots. I know okay. a lot of artists know what that means now. <laughs> okay, okay. How important, is, how important is it for an artist to know how to dance? Oh man, if you don't, if you can't put on a show, you know, like, what are we watching? Like, why am I buying a ticket? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the thing, you know, you're just going to be boring up there. Yeah. Is, is the stage show still important in, um, in artists? No, for real, for real. I mean, but if an artist breaks on social media first, and, you know, a lot of times they may come through without a stage show already built. And be popping. So people, I feel like, are like, oh, stage shows aren't important anymore and this and that. Because they see all these artists out with poor stage shows. But it's because their record or, you know, maybe their social media took them off or branding or maybe the song was just hot. You know, and they still, people have to realize that every artist out, even some of our legends, are still going through development. Mm. So. Yeah. Okay. How do you get a stage show ready? Like, how do you even prepare I mean, people. When people come to the show, they know the song, so they gonna love the song. But what what goes into preparing for doing a stage show? Um, the other elements that you want to like emotional. Let's say, like I'll take my record as an example, like Black. You know, I have like empowerment, but then like one of my favorite lines is, "I came from kings." Rose up from Queens, been through so much shit, talk about shit, bitch, you know, I came from Eve. And then I'm talking about black cards and all that. And I didn't have a chance to show that in the um, music video, but like stage wise, like you can bring those other emotions to life. You know, maybe it's with some backup dancers. Maybe it's with your visual on the screen behind you. Maybe it's with another instrument that you bring it in. It's like giving like anger, like thrashing, like, you know, so it, it's it depends on like what other emotions you're trying to show to take to make that record resonate more with the listener okay okay yeah yeah because <laughs> yeah, i'm like i i have no idea what it takes to put on the great stage show but i just know when i see one i'm like yo that's that, a shit yeah yeah <laughs> like i i enjoyed that really i really enjoyed that <laughs> <laughs> i feel that I feel yeah that. so um What's next? What's next for Jones Monroe, man? I mean, after I know you dropping the remix. Yeah. Um, when is that coming out? The twenty second of this month. Okay. Super excited for that. Shout out to Seven. Seven came into the studio and just I don't know, like in fifteen minutes, one take, laid it down. It was crazy. Like he felt, you know, powerful about the message too. So like, uh, we got that done. Shout out to Nagarish Johnson again for producing the track, and we just gonna push it. I'm working with um, Southern Fried Marketing. And so shout out to VC. And right now I'm just doing some media runs, some media tours. Um, after that, I'm gonna start doing some show tours after the EP drops. And after that, I have a whole album. I'm doing some collabs. Um, I'm open for collabs. You know, music is all I do. I got my own studio. So like, you know, people come on through, like we can just like kick it. So. You know. would, you rather, would you rather collab with other singers or more like rappers? Anybody, just really, it's just a vibe, you know. Okay. If it's a good vibe, I'm here for it. Okay, all right, all right. Because I, um, you know, I've been practicing. I, hey, you know, I've been, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I mean? I've been getting my vocals together. You know what I'm saying? So, 
if you want a, you want a 16 from me, just holler at me, you know what I mean? Or you need some background vocals or Come something. Through. You know what I'm saying? I got you. You know? That's funny. <laughs> yes. <laughs> tap yeah. in. Tap in. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? For real. <laughs> tap in. I'm going to tap in for real. Like, hey, Jones, what's up? <laughs> Let's get it. <laughs> Man, Um, I don't even know. I don't even know where else I want to. Have you um are you familiar with uh the five percenters? Are you familiar with that? What's that? Um it's supposed to be about like um uh, some black man or black people or black it's it's a it's some kind of preaching or teaching about black people and they were the first men on earth. Oh, uh, like first, the aboriginals? Yeah, yeah. Are you familiar with any of that? Okay, so actually the in the record when it goes uh, <laughs> there's a sample it's because i i wanted i was watching documentaries on the aboriginals and it was crazy i was like damn black people had blue eyes and blonde hair like what is that they say every race came for us but what is that so yeah. i was i was studying that and then they were doing this like chant and they're like oh like hitting this drum and i was like that is the coolest shit i heard i hadn't heard and, and seen in a while and so for the record that's what inspired that part Really? Yeah, but I ain't, I ain't heard too much about the like five percenters like group wise. But I'm gonna go check that out. Yeah, <clears throat> I don't know really that much about the five percenters, but I know supposedly they have a bunch of teachings about black people are the original man, mm-hmm. um, and how black people come from kings and queens. And um, have you been to Africa before? Have you been uh, to the I motherland? Have not been to the motherland, and I was supposed to go right when COVID hit. I, I work with um, Jack and Jill for Black Youth of America. And um, I met this guy that was building schools over there. And then COVID hit. But as soon, like, I feel like now that we're traveling again, I cannot wait to go. I did the whole 23andMe thing. Uh, okay. <laughs> what, what did you find out? What are you? Oh, man. I, I'll always just say I'm Black. But uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm just that person. I'm just like, I'm Black. People always <laughs> ask me what I am, Black. Um, but the, the thing in there, it said like I had some like Thai in me, really, and some like Indian, of course, and then um, like some other Asian American. But the um, and then like European, Eastern European. The coolest thing is on Twenty Three and Me, you can track back your genealogy, like dating wise, and it said that I like gene wise come from the mother. So like the haplo group or whatever, it goes like the furthest back, and I was like, "What's that?" Okay, explain that because I'm, I'm you lost me. Okay. The gene co- so, comes yeah. from the what? The mother. So on Twenty Three and Me, they can track back humanity, not the Neanderthals. So like, if you mainly have like European in you, like white in you, like you, they say you mainly come from Neanderthals, mm. and then there was like they said there's a Neanderthal race and then a human race. And so, and then they can track back the lineage t- through like to this one woman in Africa, and it's the she they consider her the mother, mm. and like there are haplo groups that say your genes like how closely related to you to her are you, okay. And so like I go all the way back to like that first like haplo group. Really? Yeah. So I have oh I have um, hunter gatherer in me like a lot of that like the whole Aboriginal thing. Really? Yeah. Hey, right. yeah, I want to start doing more history on where I come from. You know what I mean? I think I think that's super important. So I just want to know where I come from, so that way I can kind of just know who I am in, right. in totality. You know what I'm saying? I think we all do. Like the more we live life and the, all the things that we went through, just like isolated. You know, we wind up being stuck with ourselves, and so we're like, okay. And then I feel like the more that we get to know just who we are, the more confidence that we have, the more that we feel like we can fulfill, like what are we supposed to be doing here on earth? Yeah. Cause I think that's the, the beauty of, I, I seen this thing. That's the, that's the beauty of living life, right? To figure out what you're here for. Mm. Um, I seen this thing with Neil, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh my God, that is one of my favorite people in the world. <laughs> I, I see this him. thing with um, he was asking, um, dang, he, Larry King. He was asking Larry King if you if you could live forever, would you? 
Mm. Larry King was like, yeah, I would. And so, <laughs> of course, he was. <laughs> <laughs> Larry King. Just sorry, <laughs> it's cool. And so Neil deGrasse Tyson was like, "But here's here's the beauty about a beauty about dying, mm. right? If you could live forever, what's the point of giving getting out of bed? What's the point of living every day to your fullest potential mm. if you know you're gonna be here tomorrow, right? Mm. The beauty about about dying is you don't know when it is." So you have to live in every moment to be your greatest moment in that in that time. You know what I mean? That's crazy. And I was like, man, that's dope. It's it's so dope. That He's dope. Is, have you seen his uh, special on uh, Disney Plus? He had that whole series called The Universe. Uh uh-uh, uh. You should uh-uh. watch it. What it's was on, it? What's it about? So he is on there, and he um, does this whole series to where he tracks back humanity and science back to the mother mm. and just the beginning of creation. And then he goes through, like, the world being destroyed and all these things. And then he talks about, like, the future of things. And then in one episode, he talks about how we already have the technology to create a telescope that can allow us to see back in the past. And then he looks straight at the camera, only like Neil can. Talking about and goes, the question is, you got to ask girl. You ask your world officials, why haven't we created this? It was like, oh, my God. But um, my favorite part that I've seen in it so far, talking about like the mother and kings and queens and all of that, is love. He goes, at one point past, like all the dinosaurs and all of that, there was an animal and it was a mother who gave love and it was the first nurturing situation and that created and sparked humanity. Mm. So I was like, that's kind of dope. So it wasn't the, um, what is it called? Well, it was a TV show named after it, the boom. Yeah. The, um, the big bang. Yeah. The big bang theory. It yeah, wasn't... He says the big bang created the universe, but mm. love created humanity uh, and people. Okay. All right. Well, now I'm about to get out in your business. Uh, <laughs> is uh, Jones Monroe? You got some dope that? pictures up in here. Like, what is that? <laughs> What's up, Jones? What's happening? What's going on? Talk to us. <laughs> Nipsey. Yeah. Yeah. What up, Nip? <laughs> What's going um, on? So I feel like ever since I was like in high school, I hadn't been single for a while. Okay. And then I'm such a Leo. So I'm such a lover. And I like to do like things with passion and commit to them. Okay. And I consider myself to be a sapiosexual demisexual. What the hell is that? <laughs> sapiosexual, <laughs> right? <laughs> like I'm not really attracted. All my life, like, now people try to holler at me, whatever, and they be like, "Oh, you pretty," and I'm like, "Oh, appreciate you." And then I, for a long time, thought something was wrong with me because I'm not attracted to many people. Mm. And so, like, I'm not, you know, all my friends be like, "Damn, they hot, they hot," and I'm like, and it's I'm a savior sexual is like being attracted to like the uh, intellect of somebody, like the mind of someone more so, just okay. like how they talk. And I like that's why I love talking to people. Like, I like how they put together words, and I like. Just like the mind of someone. There's a song out. It's a rap song called Sapiosexual. It's nice. Really? Yeah. By who are you? Like, like Tootsie, Tootsie. Okay. Lisa. It's nice. It's okay. Cool vibe. Okay. <laughs> so Sapio, Sapio, Sapiosexual. Sapiosexual. And then. Sapio. 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 Yeah, yeah. Okay, Sapiosexual. Yeah. Okay. And then I'm old fashioned. So I don't know if it's because of my old fashionedness or my demisexual part of me that like I feel like whenever like I share myself with who whomever, like I feel like our world like our universes are colliding. And I don't know about other people. Like even like I'm kinda sensitive when people touch me, like I can read people and feel energy and all of that. Like people used to think I was psychic. Really? No, like no, like no shit. So like I do have, I have dreams, and normally my dreams come true. So like, you know, they're they're vivid things and all of that. And when people like touch me, like sometimes I can tell them about themselves and things like that. And so I I try to keep my energy guarded from that. And um, I because of that, I, I I haven't been with many people. And then when I decided to do the whole artist thing, I needed to like really concentrate it. I haven't really concentrated on myself for a long time. And 
during COVID, I fell back in love with myself and like, you know, really embraced my sexuality and like being a feminist and being sexy and just like loving life. And so I'm still looking, you know, for someone. My options are open, but right now I'm kind of just married to my career. Okay, okay. I wanna, I wanna touch back on something that you said that um, you have these dreams. Yeah. Have you have you looked into that, like where that comes from, or what is what is that? I haven't yet. Um, but I have a dream interpreter that I'll hit up and call, um, and he if if it's too like um, abstract and too like metaphoric. But a lot of times they're like they're straight ahead. My mama told me that her sister, so my aunt, was like born with a veil over her eyes. I don't even know what that means. Like, but, and when, when I was born, my eyes were gray for a very long time. Mm. And so, I don't know. I've just always been super and like in tune. And that's kind of just how I live life. Man, that is so interesting to me because one, my wife has the same like connection with like, uh, I don't know if it's like afterlife or what, but she always talks about when she has dreams about either like a fish or she has dreams about something. She knows something is going to happen mm. or knows something is. And um, she's she's just like you where she hasn't really looked into it. Mm. And I don't know if she's afraid of her own power or are you afraid to to, to look into it? Okay, for a minute though, like I had gotten so connected that it did start like kind of scaring me. It was creeping me out just a little bit. Why? I don't That's know, like, a superpower. You don't think so? It is, but like I had, I woke up one night and morning and I was like, Mama, I had a dream that like, we had a flat tire and we got stuck on the side of the road. She was like, Come on, girl. And we go in the car and then a few miles down the road, we get a flat tire. I had a dream that my brother's, one of my brother's really good friends, was knocking on our door, but it looked really sad. And the other friend looked even sadder, but was real far away. And then a few hours later, my brother called saying, so-and-so got shot. Like, you know, he's no longer with us. I mean, I've had dreams, like the building that I'm in right now for my company, I saw before I had it. And so mm. I'm trying, like, it doesn't scare me, but it, I wonder, I think maybe, the fear of how deep that goes, that unknown of that is a little unnerving. Like if I, you know, so I just kind of let it happen, but I don't like go chasing it. Can you hear me? Mm -hmm. I think it's like it's a responsibility. Cause like once you have the information, it's like, well, what do I do with this? <laughs> like, do I need to tell them? Do I? Oh my not, God! Do I? One time, keep it? one time I was in Turl and and um, I see this lady outside the car, and she was a white lady, and we're in on the black side of Turl. Turl was still segregated, so there's train tracks, and I was like, so it was weird to see a white lady, and she had like this colorful hair, colorful hair, or whatever, and she was like standing outside looking in this car, and then maybe a, a few minutes later, this younger white lady comes out, and I was like. Oh man, like, did you see that lady? I was like, Mommy, see that lady? I'm always my mom. I was like, Mommy, see that lady? And then I went to the lady and I was like, Did you see this lady? And she was like, No, nah, but my grandma, like, and she started explaining that. And I feel like that, you know, like, I don't want, you know, a response. I feel like I got a lot on my plate. You don't, you don't want you don't want the responsibility of knowing something's going to happen before it does. Yeah. I don't, mm -mm, this, this, we just going to walk. <laughs> He's step by step. Just we're gonna take off. <laughs> Man, I, I mean, I can understand like that. That could be a lot of responsibility, but at the same time, I feel like that is, like I said, a superpower. You know what I mean? It's so much that you could, so much good that you probably could do with that. Um, probably. You know what I mean? I believe it. But, but you can't use your, your good powers for good. <laughs> I mean, for bad. You know pulling, what I mean? Pulling, pulling up the lottery tickets. Yeah. Taking all the pennies. Because <laughs> I, I know my wife, she, she tells me, like, she talks to me about it. Because she really don't understand it as well. But she says she remember, like, a little girl being in some kind of house or something. Mm. And, like, seeing, like, spirits. 
but and nobody else would like because she was a kid so nobody would else would be like girl come on let's go you know what i mean nobody yeah. took her serious or something but I, I just think that's so dope if you could be able to tap into the after afterlife or tap into because what I what I hear when you when I when I see or talk to people like you is it was the TV show that I used to watch called uh, Quantum Leap when I was a kid, mm. and he was able to see things before they happened, and he would go back into the future and mm-hmm. correct them before they That's actually cool. happened. And then every episode, it was always something going on, cool. and yeah, and he was either and he he would play either a black man. But he, he we wouldn't. It was a white character. I can't remember his name. But he would either play a white man, a black man, a kid. He would always play the individual who could stop the uh, act from happening. That's dope. It was a dope show, and that's what I think of when I hear people like you say that you have these dreams, or you know what I mean. And so that's it, to me, it's dope. It's fascinating. You know what I mean? It's I fasc- think it's. I think it's cool. Yeah. I think like. Like outside of myself, like you know, I think it's cool for your wife to. Have. <laughs> I feel like, <laughs> I feel really like, I, but I want to know more about it. But she like, no, I, 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 she, I, she's like me. Yes, yes, <laughs> so yes. Kind of like okay. I want to. Uh, have you ever talked to like a medium? I haven't, but um, I have a dream interpreter. Like I was telling you earlier, that call. He's kind of like a medium. Um, he used to. Um, I won't say who he used to interpret for, but he used to interpret for a, a main major black preacher. And so um, my dad just met him out one day, I think like at Walmart or something, and they wound up um, talking or whatever. And then he told him, you know, about my dreams and things like that. My mom also has dreams. And so, like, we both would just call him. It's like all the time, just, you know, if we have something that's a little bit like disturbing, not disturbing, but like heavy, heavy, heavy Mm -hmm. is the best word. Yeah. And we're just like, okay, we need you to interpret this dream, you know? Yeah. I had a dream about cupcakes last night. (laughs) (laughs) What what kind of cupcakes were they? Oh, man. They was the little Debbie ones Mm -hmm. with the little, with the little swirl on the top. <laughs> Got a little some, you I know. Hit up that that safe fair. Get some some deep fried Debbie cupcakes. Yeah, man, you were talking about the fair. I might go give me a. Um, I cannot a- wait. I may be out there tomorrow. Okay. Listen, I want a turkey leg, a corny dog, and then I'm at the gym later. But then a oh, deep fried. Oh man, man, Fletcher's. Yeah. <laughs> Man, this is dope. This is so dope. <laughs> Jones Monroe, man, thank yes, you for sir. tapping in with us. I appreciate you. I'll, yeah. I'll come tap in all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Man, leave your um your social media stuff where people can get a hold of you, man. Most definitely. You guys can check me out online. Uh, everything is at Love Jones Monroe. So make sure you go follow me online. Hit me up, DM me, all that, and I'll make sure I DM you back. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. And if you have any dreams about us, please let us know. I want to well, know for you. Sure. I feel like I'm going to have a dream of like you just like surrounded by cupcakes. <laughs> <laughs> not the cupcakes. Not the cupcakes. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, man. Yo, man. This has been the Tap In Podcast. Thank y'all for tapping in. Uh, Jones and Rose, it's been a pleasure, man. Most Thank definitely. you. Yeah. Tap in podcast, man. Holla.